this is Keith Jackson as we feature the University of California Golden Bear here in Strawberry Canyon at Berkeley, California. Here's Kidd driving, spinning, putting it out, oh! and in! My gracious! Here comes Deshaun, shake and bake. Can he beat the second? Dancing off to the right! Look at this guy! The wizard of returns! And to the basket, Jalen Brown! With an emphatic exclamation point! Today with Cal head coach Justin Wilcox. Thanks for making the time to talk today, coach. Of course. So I wanted to get a little bit into your history for Cal fans to get to know mm -hmm. you a little bit. Um, you grew up in Junction City, Oregon, the mm -hmm. son of Hall of Fame linebacker Dave Wilcox, but uh, that wasn't necessarily um, a, a big item on the Wilcox family radar, was it? No, uh, just because in those days uh, he had been retired before I was born, so um, there was just kind of pieces of paraphernalia a little bit, maybe in his office, but other than that, it was just, I guess, as whatever normal means, just normal upbringing, and we didn't really talk a lot about his background in football. Did you remember the, the first time you heard about how how big a star he was in the NFL? No, not really, because again, you got to remember, I mean, well before social media, and yeah. it wasn't like uh, there was a lot of... Uh, replays on TV and things like that so it wasn't we didn't really have there's no videos or you know maybe a couple scrapbooks yeah you know, and, and then but he had on uh, again his little office there there was like you know Pro Bowl uh, whatever they you know Pro Bowl awards yeah and NFL All-Pro and so those were I guess that's maybe what was there, but other than that, it was in a little bit. Yeah, but again, maybe a couple pictures, but it wasn't something that adorned the entire home yeah. or anything like that. So I remember when I was a kid going to games at, at old Kizar Stadium, and my dad would say, Check out this middle linebacker, Dave Wilcox. He's a really good player. He's tough. Mm -hmm. And so that got on my radar real early. When yeah. I was, I was yeah. collecting football cards. And, yeah. Um, I, obviously, when he was elected into the Hall of Fame in 2000, you, uh, that had to make a big impact on you. Right yeah, I think it was, right? yeah, I mean, uh, that was right after I had finished playing college football. So, um, you know, my younger days and my brother, I had two really supportive parents and all through high school athletics and college football. And then we finished and he got uh, inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which was a really, obviously, uh, neat thing to watch you know I had no part of it other than being a spectator and being happy for him and uh, but to see that and that whole process and uh, kind of how that really changed his life in, in a number of ways not really didn't change him as a person but changed kind of how people viewed him even though he was the same player two weeks before as he was two weeks after they yeah. uh, inducted him all of a sudden he became important so um, yeah getting to watch that process was really neat and you know, he got inducted with, you know, Joe Montana and Ronnie Long, Ronnie Long, Howie Long. Howie Long, and Mr. Rooney, and so that was a really neat experience to, to watch and 
take a small part in, but uh, yeah, so that's kind of where you noticed, whoa, that was, you know, it's a pretty big deal. There's just not that many people that get, uh, uh, you know, get to make their way into that group. And so, yeah, I think kind of took notice there and just really happy for him and appreciate kind of how he's, I guess, handled that and the rest of his life. But that, um, so you didn't exactly have a glamorous life after the NFL career mm -hmm. like so many do today. Back in back in the seventies yeah. and earlier, it was a it was a different life altogether. Can you talk a little bit about your family life growing up? Yeah, I think it again. It was uh, when when they were pro football in those days. It was a good job, but a lot of them uh, worked either in the off season. It's maybe as they got to be, you know, starters or all pros, they didn't have to work in the off season. But it wasn't like they uh, earned the money that the guys do now because it's become such an entertainment industry. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, he, uh, retired from football and moved back to Oregon and, um, kind of did some small business things, I think for a little bit, but I was born, um, it was just all farming. So that's what he had known growing up. And, and you helped on the farm too, right? Oh yeah, you, you did, unless you could find a sport to play. So you found, <laughs> you know, that was always the key is to find out how many <laughs> sports you could get involved with yeah. or, after school activities, so that that's the that was the way out of the manual labor. <laughs> yeah. So you'd find a way to play most any sport there was, but yeah. So you'd kind of uh, you know we we had a I don't know 100 acres or 150 <clears throat> at times depending, but uh, you know just different crops. And they he was just one of the local farmers, and they would you know grow whatever it was that was uh, had the prices that were the best, and you beans and corn and. A lot of uh, grass seed that people would buy maybe now at the at the uh, Home Depot, you know, grew grass seed and then they would harvest it and sell it. So yeah, you're a big fan of mint. Too, mint, right? yeah, <laughs> we did mint a couple of times. Bad memories of mint, but yeah. So it was great. I lo I really enjoyed it. I liked being outside and growing up in that environment. It's kind of what I knew, and you know, it was uh, like I said, if you had basketball practice or football practice or baseball or whatever else, you know that then you were out of it. Gymnastics. Yeah, whatever. But if you, uh, if you didn't, if you chose not to be involved in anything, then, then you got to help out. Yeah. So, but it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, I love being outside and kind of learning how to do those things. And, uh, it was a real, uh, low key kind of humble lifestyle. And, uh, I learned, I mean, looking back, I learned a lot and I'm a really appreciative for, a, having two really supportive parents, but also just kind of living a pretty, uh, you know, grounded, right? grounded. Yeah. yeah, that's the best way to put it. Grounded lifestyle, and so, but yeah, it teaches you a lot. And, and uh, you're not doing a lot of farming these days. Though. No, 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 no. <laughs> and the, honestly, the whole thing's changed. Yeah. Uh, the the big business has really taken over. It's kind of actually my my family's farm is still there and my, my mom and dad live in the same house but my uh, guy I went to high school with farms all the land mm -hmm. now so oh, that's fine. i get to go back and catch up with him and see what he's into and yeah but it, yeah it's just changed the industries the business has changed it's kind of some of the smaller mom and pop farms are uh it's becoming more and more difficult for them which is i don't know if that's a good thing i think it's a little sad yeah so yeah i still have cousins that farm in the midwest but yeah it's, def it's definitely a dying breed yeah it is it is but uh it's necessary people need for sure corn and beans and grass seed and all that stuff but yeah. uh so you and your brother grew up playing football mm -hmm. um he's, is he two years younger than you no he's older oh he's older my, my brother's older so oh, he okay. was a senior in 
high school when I was a freshman, okay. and senior in college when I was a freshman. So we were okay. at, yeah. So um, yeah, he was older than me. Was he a, a, a DB in high school and college? No, he was a tight end. My brother tight end. was a tight end. Okay. He went to Oregon. He was a very good player. Um, a little in the NFL too, right? Yeah, played the Saints. Yeah. Uh, where else? He bounced. He played in every league except for the CFL, and so he was in the World League. Played in Amsterdam. Uh, he was Kurt Warner's roommate. Oh wow! So that was kind of his story there. And then he played in the XFL the one year they had that, and they won it huh. uh, for the LA team. And then he was in the arena. So he kind of he did it all. Oh, and uh, he's a really good player. Played tight end, and he used to have the Rose Bowl record for catches. He had like eleven catches in the Rose Bowl game. Wow! Mm-hmm, as a tight end, Impressive. I was. Early, or I guess what mid nineties or so, but okay. yeah. So talented guy, real hard worker, a lot bigger than I was. Yeah. So I followed him uh, through high school and into college, and we were teammates for those years. I guess a couple of swing years that we were there together. But uh, yeah, so that was good. I was, uh, you know, helpful for me just to have somebody that had already been through it. So my impression of the two of you as brothers. You being the more reserved, him being the more out there. Was, That's probably it, fair. Okay. Yeah. Did, did you have some, some funny times with him growing up? Oh, for sure. Very competitive. Yeah. Um, and we grew up in a competitive environment. I mean, a lot of, like a lot of siblings, you know, the backyard basketball or the, uh, you know, the backyard football, backyard basketball, those things got rough and, you know, probably for me, it helped me learn how to compete because yeah. you just kind of had to hang in there. Did he toughen you up a little bit? I, yeah, that's probably fair to say. Yeah. yeah, I think so. He was big and strong and I was not really built the same. So I kind of have to find my way to navigate to stay in the game, so to speak. But uh, yeah, for sure. Learned learned a lot of lessons just, you know, playing one-on-one and things like that and hoops. And, and then even in high school and in college, you know, having him kind of help show me the way. He's a real hardworking guy. So... Do you remember the first time you beat him in hoops? No, I don't. I or mean, did it kind of depend. Like in horse, I could I could do it. Like one on ones, he was just so much bigger yeah. and stronger. Like I'd, have to, I'd have to hit like three for three. <laughs> yeah. from deep to win it, but yeah. So. And in high school, you played quarterback mm-hmm. and corner and safety, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know, the high school. I went to a, a smaller high school. Um, it was the only high school in our town, and like everybody played sports, and so uh, I think I started playing quarterback kind of off and on my freshman sophomore year but really my junior year and had some great teammates and we were successful we were a successful team you led uh, Junction City to the state championship Mm -hmm. yeah yeah back in those days and uh yeah again just I think uh had a great group of uh friends and coaches that it was uh important to the the people it was important to the the students and the players and it was important to the coaches and the community. So that's what we, I look back on is, is uh, I think, just so valuable and how everybody supported each other and you were accountable and everybody was a you know, vital member of the team. So we had success. We had some talented guys for that size of high school. Yeah. You know, we were just really a small little <clears throat> place, but we, we won a lot. And same in basketball. It was very competitive. Um, you played hoops too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, won the, I mean, we won the state title wow. and it was... You know, it was just, I just remember really learning how to compete within those, my coaches there, my high school coaches, uh, football, basketball, and track, just, uh, I thought it was a really good lesson for me, just how to compete, and uh, that was, uh, I think, what I took from the whole experience, and we were fortunate to be successful. Again, we're talking 
small town athletics in uh, a state that's you know not populated like California, so to speak. So it's uh, a little different, right? It's all relative, but um, I think just learning like that value of teamwork and hard work, and I mean, you know, open gyms and summer workouts, and everybody was there. You know, in summer, everybody showed up. Just what you did. Yeah, that's where it's where we went. You yeah. know, and and in winter, like you know, it was winter break, like they don't. Coach Rockenberger opened the gym, and we'd all show up and just beat on each other and play <laughs> basketball. Yeah, but that was all that you did, and so I think kind of that mentality. I was just fortunate to have those people around, and that was uh, real valuable for me. Did you run track too? Mm-hmm. What'd you do? Uh, the four by four, triple jump, four by one, and we had you know again relative to we had successful track programs yeah. in those times and. It, again, it, you just kind of, that's what you did. You, you were involved in something. So whether you were in athletics or you were in drama or you worked in the vocation, you know, you worked in woodshop or you were on the, like FFA was a big deal. I don't know, you know what FFA yeah. is? Future Farmers of yeah. America. Like every, every kid was really doing something. And so that to me is what was most important. And uh, I just, that, that was, again, I think looking back on it, that's what, I, I learned the most from it and would encourage people to do today is just get involved with something. So for, for me, it was sports. I just enjoyed that. And that's what uh, kind of motivated me. And You're not really a thespian? No, I don't think so. <laughs> not a good actor. You know, they try to get me to re- read lines sometimes for these, for the cameras. Multiple the cameras. Yeah, multiple ass. Like I can't remember more than about two things. But uh, I think that's, that's the key, you know, just everybody being involved and get invested in something and yeah, a lot of kids now they, they aren't involved in things. I know that's on social media. That's yeah, like, that's what's a little concerning for, for me, and so we're trying to, you know, one by one try to help them, you know, because I think that was really really valuable. So, yeah. yeah, seems like you recruit a lot of well-rounded guys here. Try to, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, we dive into what what they're into in terms of what else besides football. Obviously, football is important to them. They're playing and they're talented, but what else do they do at school, or how do they interact with their the student body and the teachers and all that. And, you know, they're not professionals yet. You know, you're you're looking for some character traits that are going to allow them to grow as people and as a player. And so, I think, and that's a, that's probably the hardest thing to do in recruiting is yeah. to really find out who they are because you get a limited amount of time uh, to get to know them right. based on the way the rules are set up. So when you were at Oregon, Coach Greatwood was there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well, he wasn't. He actually left oh. right when I was getting there oh, wow. and then came back right as I left. Okay. He recruited my brother. My brother, he coached my brother, so I'd known him forever. He coached tight ends, too? Mm-hmm. Okay. He sure did. And uh, who else did you have a connection with there that you have a connection here at Cal with? Uh, well, Coach Sermon. We were uh, teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, played against Marcus. Um, Oregon Connections. I think that's it on our staff here. Okay. Who else would there potentially on? Well, I think that's it. Now there's a bunch of coaches that have kind of revolved. Yeah. You know, Coach Tedford obviously he was there when I was. Coach Tedford was the offensive coordinator when I was the player there, um, and so that was really my first connection to him. Okay. Mm-hmm. So after after college, you were a grad assistant at Boise State for Boise a couple State, years, and then you came here as a young position coach, coaching the linebackers, right. taking over for veteran coach Bob Foster. Yep. Um, what was your experience like early on? I mean, you were a pretty young position coach, one yeah. of the youngest around. 
I, I was, and uh, it goes back to the people. So Bob Gregory, who was the defensive coordinator here, had come from Boise, mm-hmm. and he's really the reason I went to Boise State, Coach Gregory, because he coached me in college. Okay. And I thought the world of him, and still do. And he, uh, after the first year, came here to work with Coach Tedford. And so that f- after his, after Coach Gregory's first year here, which would have been uh, 02. 02, yeah, him and Coach Tedford, uh, Coach Foster had come along, and I had played for him at, in college as well. He was our D coordinator when I was a player at Oregon. And so he retired, I think, again. He's retired like six different times. <laughs> but So he retired, and really kind of one of the only things that could have happened for me to get an opportunity at this level to, to get hired happened. And um, so then I, I remember coming over, Coach Gregory called and said, hey, would you be, of course I was interested. You know, I was so excited to just get my foot in the door and coach. And I had been at Boise State, which was a great uh, experience as a grad assistant. And then got hired here. Um, so Coach Foster uh, retired. And so I came in and obviously with Coach Tedford hired me. Um, Coach Gregory is the one that got got my foot in the door and, and then um, was able to spend three really great years here and learned a ton, not only about, uh, you know, coaching from Coach Tedford and Coach Gregory and how we do things and recruiting. That was a big part of it. I worked really hard at that. And then, you know, I guess it gave me a really good, great insight to Cal. And, um, you know, we had really good teams during those times and had some fantastic players. And then just the chemistry and how things worked here, it was it was really uh, a special time to be here. And you had a chance to move up and be a defensive coordinator back again at Boise and then coordinate at some top programs around the country over the mm-hmm. next decade plus. What are some of the things that you felt like you picked up along the way working with different programs and different head coaches? That's a great question and it's a long answer because yeah. there's, there's so many things. I mean, you learn from the people you know, that you're around, the head coaches, the the coaches on defense, the coaches on offense. Uh, you learn a lot from the players in terms of kind of how things are are out, you know, the way they're learning, and they're always evolving. You know, things are, have changed pretty dramatically in how we teach and coach players in the last 15 years. Um, now there's some fundamentals that will never change, you know, for me. And I think kind of going from place to place and seeing how different people do things, and some of which I adopt and try to make my our own for our program. Um, and then there's certain things that you just, you know, maybe somebody does that you, you don't necessarily do because you don't think it works. It doesn't resonate. With yeah, you. just, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do things. And I've been really fortunate to uh, be around some great people, some great programs and learned a ton along the way. I mean, and a lot of it's what to do. And then there's some things what not to do. And that's Learn just valuable. Mistakes and, stay yeah. and, and your own. I mean, cause we all make them. And I think it's, you're just constantly learning and you have this foundation of what you're about and how you, how you see the program moving and growing. And then, uh, each experience that you're, you're having is, you know, you're sharpening that sword. And, and so I think I've been constantly doing it, doing it today, did it yesterday, going to do it tomorrow. And if that ever stops, well, then you've either got the magic formula and you just need to sell it or you, you, you which is not going to happen because you're never going to get it. Yeah. You know, it's like, you're never going to be quite there 
that's my opinion. And so you're constantly trying to make it better and adjust. And how does our what does our team need? Um, and I think yeah, if you ever lose that that mentality, then it's just time to be done. Yeah, I know you've heard from a number of people that uh, they kind of look to you as a potential future head coach, even when you're a young linebacker coach here. Um, did you ever think along the way that this might be your landing spot as a head coach, or was it just too early in your career to even have a clue about that? I, I just, uh, in our profession, I think it's really hard to place yourself somewhere at a given time because there's just so many factors. So for me, uh, and I learned this from, I don't know, I've learned it a long time ago, and just really just, and I know it sounds cliche, but you're trying to do the best job where you're at mm -hmm. in that moment because, and it's, it's good to have goals. And, you know, I, of course, you know, thought at times like, okay, well, maybe, maybe I would enjoy doing that or maybe I wouldn't, you know, and I, um, I think it is important, like the fit of the place uh, has, you know, for, for myself, for our coaches, we have to understand what, what we're about, what Cal is about, and the fit is so critically important. And no two programs are alike, they're all unique uh, to themselves. And Cal's definitely unique. Yeah, and it you is. You knew what you were getting into Absolutely. coming back here. Yeah, sure. and I think that's important, yeah. you know, and there's no perfect. We're not perfect, you know, but we have an unbelievable place and uh, we can attract certain types of uh, athletes and certain type of people. And so we can make it a great place. And that's what we're here to do. And I believe that now more than ever. Um, but I guess to say I sat there and said, well, if one day I'm going to be there, I, I never thought of it like that. Yeah. I just kind of, you know, you try and do the best job you can. And if you do, if you do well with the opportunities you're given, then maybe you'll have an opportunity to do something like that. But I, I never really, uh, I know personally sat there and said, well, if I'm, if I'm not a head coach at Cal or school X, then boy, that's been a failure. I never really thought yeah. like that. Who have you stayed in touch with from those, uh, first three years at Cal? Oh, uh, coach Gregory for sure. Um, let's see here. Uh, coach Eric Keesaw. Mm -hmm. Um, Mahalchek, I see him. Yeah. Coach Alomar, I see him. Um, How about the players? Coach Gould. Oh yeah. Uh, shoot, Chase and Tosh, and you know, uh, there's a lot of great ones. I mean, John McConan stopped by here two weeks ago. Hadn't seen him forever. Francis Blymeza, Sid Slater, that linebacker crew, uh, Wendell Hunter, um, Donnie McCleskey's around. I mean, it's awesome to see those guys around. You know, just come in and they come to games. Ryan Foltz. Uh, so it's a lot of fun to, I could go on and on. Yeah. There's a ton of them, but they, just to get to see those guys and reminisce, I mean, it's been a while now. Yeah. Um, but just some really, really good guys. I mean, that's what I took from it. I mean, the character of the guys, we had some, we had some phenomenal talent. Like, don't get me wrong. We had some phenomenally talented players. Um, but I thought the, the character of the team was strong. Like they played hard, they competed hard, they played for each other and, uh, they also had, you know, wherewithal. They, you know, could figure things out and manage their lives. And so I thought that was, uh, again, just another another lesson. Yeah. So. So you walked into sort of a tough situation on the defensive side of the ball. There was a number of years in a row where um, the team gave up a, a near record number of yards and points. 
Did you kind of see the ingredients for something that could be the core of a turnaround, kind of like Coach Tedford had when he took over a one-win team and they won seven right away? Your defense didn't take long to turn around. Did you, did you see the ingredients there, or did you just gradually add to the mix to the point where you felt like you could accomplish more? Yeah, I think you're... Uh... To get to this level, to be recruited uh, to the Pac-12, you have to have some ability. Now there's, you know, different levels, but the key for us was like teach them what to do, uh, give them some standards on how we do things, whether it's offense, defense, special teams, just how we do things as a program, and then hold them to those standards. And then, you know, we are fortunate to have had some good players, um, and we all we still, you know, we sit here today with some really good football players and. We're more experienced on that side of the ball, so um, you know I, I didn't necessarily think we would, or I didn't. I should say this: I, I didn't necessarily have what we need by year three to have this many yards per game or points. You know, you're, you're looking to play winning football, and the guys, the the number one thing that's allowed us to get better, in across the board and and on our team has been the attitude of the players to to try to do what we're asking them to do, and. Um, We've had some success, especially on that side of the ball, but that's not just because of a scheme, and it's not just because of some drill we're doing. It takes everybody. It takes instruction. It takes culture. It takes talent. It takes all those things. So, um, And the yeah. right kind of guy to implement the yeah. way that you guys coach. Too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, you know, we've added more and more the longer we've been here and the nuances of the game. And I think, like, if you look at the guys on defense, they're – little more veteran I mean especially like the secondary they know how to play and uh, they're learning you know weave and, and Luke Beckett and some of these guys have got a lot of reps under their belt like they're learning the game within the game you know and how to you know become experts at their position uh, and in the end it still takes you got to have talent and so uh, I think they've done a great job of buying in you know and trying to do what we're asking them to do and practicing hard and you know, the way they come to meetings is really encouraging. Because when we go to meetings, they're in there, you know, yearning for information. Tell me how we're going to beat this team. Tell me what we need to do to mess with the quarterback on third and six, you know. And I think that attitude and that mindset has really uh, developed, and especially with those veteran guys, and it's helped them play well. And it gives validation to what you're asking them to do. Yeah. So you recently signed uh, an extension through 2023, right? Mm -hmm. um, Talk about a little bit how that impacts what you feel like you're building here long term at the program at Cal. I think it uh, well it the having the support of the institution and the athletic department is huge, and they understand uh, where we're going and how we how we're doing things. You know, and we have a certain way, like we mentioned before, certain way that we're going to do it here, and we're going to target certain people. We have our our way uh, that fits Cal and. They believe in it. We believe in it, obviously, and it feels good to know that we have their support. And we got it. It takes everybody, you know. It really does. It's obviously coaches and players, but it takes the entire pro uh, athletic department, the program, the institution for us to be where we want to be. Do you ever think about building a long-term legacy here? Uh, what do you mean by that? Being one of those coaches that is around for a long time, where their name is synonymous with a program. I'd love for that to be the case. Yeah. You know. I understand that we're in a uh, results-driven business. I totally understand that. Um, I I know what we're capable capable of doing here, 
Um, and it's going to be hard, and it's going to take hard work with, and the right people and the right support, but I'm convinced that, that we can do it. And uh, that's what's so exciting and encouraging, and to have the support of not, you know, like I said, the institution and the athletic department. And we can get the right type of people and support them, then we'll be very successful here. So I hope so. Yeah. What are some of your favorite things about this job? Mm. Specifically to Cal or yeah. in general? At Cal. At Cal. Uh, the type of people that we're able to recruit. I think first and foremost, um, you know, somebody that's motivated in the classroom that truly wants to get a degree and doesn't just say it. Um, guys that have that, I call it the figure it out factor. You know, things are going to be handed to them here at Cal all the time. You know, you don't get uh, handheld everywhere on campus or in our program. We give structure, um, we give guidance, and we push them. And I'm talking about the football program and the institution, but they also have to take some ownership. And I think that's a really valuable skill to learn. You know, there are places where there's a lot of hand-holding and things are done for you all the time. The problem is when it's third and three and the players have to figure something out on the field and solve a problem, you know, you're not always prepared for that if you haven't been coached and uh, mentored that way. So I think that's one thing about Cal that that does for people. And I think you notice it when you talk to the alumni, you know, their experience here. Don't talk about how much fun it was all the time, how, you know, how easy it was. It was the, the work that it took, um, the people they were exposed to, and, you know, that, that figure it out factor, how they, how they work their way through and what it's done for them. In the you know for the rest of their lives, which I think they're really appreciative for and thankful, and I think that to me is like the one thing that you know we want to be known for, and that's a good thing. And the Bay Area is not a hard place to sell to a recruiter. No, right? I mean, if, look, look the the academic reputation, of the institution, the location, uh, like we're talking outside of football right mm -hmm. now, the academic re reputation of the institution, the uh, the location. Get the Bay Area itself. I mean, talk about the weather. You talk about all the things to do. Yeah. The fact that you're a nonstop flight most places in the world, um, or one stop from anywhere, mm -hmm. um, and then you couple that with, you know, the the football and the facility and the people that surround that surround our players. You know, from the strength and conditioning to uh, the support staff that, that are in place. And there's just a lot of there's a lot a lot to sell. You know, it seems like your staff genuinely really likes each other and the players seem to have great relationships with the staff. Is that gratifying with you? Is that something you really set as a priority? Yeah, I think it, 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 there's conflict that's natural in the workplace and players to players and players to coaches. There are conflicts that come up. I mean, that's real life. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not la-la land, but the people here... Uh, enjoy being here, and it's my job. Probably my number one job is to give them an environment where you know we can do that, and guys want to own their role, whatever that role might be. And having ownership, whether you're a player or a coach, in what you do for the program is vital. And so that's part of my job and our job as a program. And so that's who we attract. You know, people that are uh, only driven by you know, I guess selfish motivations, whether it's, you know, uh, 
their status or their ambition. Their ambition, yeah. If that gets in the way, like, they're just not going to fit in. Yeah, you know, you, they're not going to fit in uh, as a staff member or as a player. What now? That doesn't mean players can't have individual goals. They they do. They should. That's awesome. But and and so do coaches. Like you know, there's coaches that want to be coordinators and head coaches, and that's awesome. But that'll never come before what's best for our team. And the, the good news is, is you can have them both and it's a win-win proposition. So yeah. so it's two and a half months till fall camp starts, three and a half months till the season. Are you like fans where you just count the days? Um, not necessarily because, I mean, we're excited for it, but there's just so much to do. Yeah. I mean, there's like each day you have something. So right now, whether it's, you know, whether, our, whether it's with our players and they, they get a little time off right now, um, but design it, you know, we're talking about summer workouts and we're talking about the incoming freshmen and their check-in process and making sure that's streamlined and setting up fall camp schedules. And, uh, we're talking about, uh, the different things we're going to work on in fall camp and speakers that we're going to have in fall camp. And then, so, and then into the season and meals, I mean, there's just so much to do. Yeah, and really a lot of time to focus on what's coming up. Later. Yeah. Like, what's you know, I can't now? wait. Yeah, yeah. It's just literally just like. You're either preparing for something in the future, or you're handling something that needs attention in the moment. There's just so many things, and you know the coaches are recruiting, which is, I mean, they're all priority ones. Yeah. You know, like, so you just balance those throughout each day, and that's the fun part. You know. That's, is there a special feeling about that that first kickoff though, when the kicker first puts his foot on the ball? Oh, I think so. I mean, you know, the key is is you're able to, you know, manage your energy. You know, through a game and through the season, mm -hmm. because and we talk to the team about this all the time. The, you know, this is a Bob Foster, the performance anxiety curve. You know, if your if your energy and your anxiety is so high, opening kickoff first game, like mm -hmm. everybody's going to be ready. Like we're, I'm not worried about that. Yeah, but we got to manage our energy to make sure we're because you don't necessarily operate better because you have so much more anxiety and energy. You still got to be operating in that zone where you're focused and everything's clear and you can uh, you can perform. And on the flip side, you know it's week seven of the season and it's a Tuesday practice and you're a little sore. If you don't have enough energy, then you're not going to perform either. So it's like learning how to manage that as an individual and as a team is really really important. Yeah. So we talk about that because again, the opening kickoff, yeah, it feels. It does feel different. I mean, it's the start of the season, but we got to make sure it's it's about our performance and not losing ourselves in the the moment. Yeah, we well, have a real tough schedule coming up in 2019. Do you feel like you have the ingredients to have a successful season? Absolutely. Um, every year uh, in our conference, it's going to be a tough schedule. Now, how it ends up laying out, when we play who, and where we play them, that's uh, what it is. So we don't really talk a ton about the schedule. I mean, there's certain things to look at in terms of practices on a, whether it's a short week or a long trip or something. But we're uh, we're we'll be excited to play the schedule we have, and we we have a tough non-conference schedule, and obviously the in-conference schedule is always tough. And so, uh, really, what matters is that we prepare like crazy uh, until that time comes to to play that first game, and then each game after. Um, I feel really good about our team. I think we have some experienced guys, especially on defense and offensively on the front, that uh, have some valuable game reps. I think uh, you know there's obviously certain places where we have to improve, and we will improve offensively. I think uh, taking care of the football and creating explosive plays are the two things that we've got to uh, 
really focus on, and, and the guys know that. And uh, we got the right people in place to do it, and now we got to go out and practice and perform. Uh, defensively, uh, for us, it's uh, consistency. You know, we've had really good moments, and I think it's being able to do that consistently uh, over the course of a game and a season um, so we can, can be at our best. And we know we got a, a tough schedule. We're going to play great teams who have a ton of talent, and we got to find a way uh, to be at our best so uh, give ourselves a chance to, to win those games. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to talk and uh, look forward to the upcoming season in a little bit. And can we get a Go Bears from you? Go Bears! All right.